Welcome to another episode of Mic'd Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid-America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2022 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at MidAmericaRV.com. We appreciate you guys joining us on a lovely Monday morning. I don't know. Do you have a saying for Mondays? I don't Yippee. Oh, yes. Hashtag Gur Mondays. Oh, that is it. Hashtag Gur Mondays. So you've got Gur Mondays, which I believe is something you created on your own. Uh, I got from the movie Ted with uh, Mark Wahlberg. Old Mark and Mark. And oh, okay. Yep. Something really bad happens, and uh, Ted, like the teddy bear, pulls out the phone. And is like, hashtag Gear Mondays. I think it's when they're at the sperm bank, and it falls on him. And he's like, he's like oh, i got to get a picture of this. And he takes it, and he's like, hashtag Gear Mondays. When you talk about movies, I my brain immediately right there went to, like, Ted. What's the kid movie, Ted? What is this? <laughs> no, no, no. The grown <laughs> That's an adult movie. Yeah, the old adult movie. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, Taco Tuesdays. Up. Mm-hmm. Camel Wednesdays. Hump Day. Happy Hump Day. Thursdays. A little thirsty, a little Taco Thursday, Thirsty Thursday. <laughs> and Friday Eve. Friday. On Fridays. And then Friday's Friday. So we got something. Monday, there's no need to be all doom and gloom on a Monday. No one's excited to be here. We can be excited, though. Shoot. I enjoy my work, so I'm excited to be back. People are like, oh, Monday's going to suck. I'm like, I'm kind of excited about it. Like, it's going to be so hot tomorrow. Everything's I almost fun. died yesterday. It was brutal. Sunday's yard work day for me. Yeah, that, uh, I bet that was tough. Uh, and I, for some reason, I decided to do it at 3 o'clock in the afternoon all oh, the time. Oh, man. Why? I, don't, I, I wait for the hottest part of the day, and then that's when I decide. Yesterday, it was so hot. I even, like, I took water out with me. Like, I know it's hot. I know this is going to be bad. I better take, like, a cup of water, like mm-hmm. a thermos or whatever. Uh, one of those millions of things that I got when I was teaching. I took one of those. I drank it within like five minutes of being out there. <laughs> and then I, I actually I took a break yesterday before I started like weed eating. I was like, I'm going to sit down for a little bit. Yeah. So fucking hot. The heat index was like 107 while I was mowing. Brother. Yeah. I, it I, gets <laughs> hot on that mower too, doesn't it? That engine right there in front of you? I I guess. Yeah. I mean, it just adds to it. You probably couldn't tell yesterday. Yeah. Just me, you know, out there working hard, sitting on a lawnmower the whole time. Yard it looks nice, though? Brutally hot, though. <laughs> I don't know that I would call it nice yesterday. Yard's starting to look good, though. I was going to say, how's that looking? Is it so, at least paying off? And I don't do it as like, a, like, oh, I have the nicest lawn in the neighborhood or anything like that. I just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a, my yard looks super good. It looks okay. But I just enjoy being out there and doing it. It makes me feel more like a man. It's well kept Knowing up. that I'm out there sweating and doing something. And dying. <laughs> just yeah. Yesterday. Like, oh, this is, this is what it's like to be a man. Something I freaking <laughs> enjoy doing, but it's killing me in the process because I'm probably going to have a heat stroke. Yeah, literally yesterday I was thinking, like, there are guys that do this for a profession. And I've said before, like, yeah, I wouldn't mind doing it. It's hard work. Oh, I do one yard. Yeah. But I do like pull weeds and things like that in the meantime. It's a lot of work. And there are guys that are out there doing it today. Maybe you're riding the lawnmower right now listening to this podcast and you're like, yeah, 
I know it's tough. It's hard work. Uh, it was an enjoyable weekend. Uh, on Friday, we got Game 4 of the NBA Finals. Tonight, we'll get Game 5 of the NBA Finals. I still hate this schedule. I had absolutely nothing to do last night. I should have been watching basketball. Yep, but I agree. I, I wasn't given that opportunity. And honestly, it, it really sucked. Uh, game 4 was a good one on Friday night, though. And Steph Curry goes off. Uh, really with almost no help, 43 points. I know we were talking Friday morning even of like, what's it going to look like with him, that knee injury that he's battling? Couldn't even tell. Uh, He goes off for 43, looked like no one could guard him. Uh, I was surprised to see he just was not getting much help at all, and the Warriors still find a way to win. And much help on the scoring end. Um, Andrew Wiggins has 17 points. Clay Thompson has 18 points. And then Jordan Poole had 14. So not an uh, incredible night by any of those guys. But Steph at points just looked unguardable. I mean, he just willed the Warriors to victory. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. plain and simple exactly what happened. And sitting there watching the game Friday night, I was just like, it didn't matter what the Celtics tried to do defensively. They just they couldn't do anything to slow him down. And like you said, you mentioned the knee thing that we went in, or not the knee, knee thing, knee injury. Uh, whatever it was, what happened, maybe over-exaggerated, which we kind of thought he did anyways, but it just didn't seem to bother him at all. And the physicality of the Celtics, well, doesn't matter how physical you are if the dude's hitting nothing but threes right in your eye. And that is one thing I kind of wondered, too, among, like just to myself, as I was sitting there talking, like, hey, the Celtics were physical. How are the Warriors going to respond? I should have known the answer. Steph's going to hit a ton of threes. Yeah, oh, you want to be physical? Y'all have fun down there in the paint. I'll be out here 30 feet away from it all, (laughs) drilling threes in people's eyes. With the Magic Johnson, like, I ain't going to be down there. Yeah. (laughs) There was one three that he hit, and I don't remember whose hand was directly in his face. But it's like there's no way he can see the basket. And he's still draining. Derek White, I know exactly what three you're talking about. I think it was Derek, like, was right there beside him, and his hand was just like. Like, perfect defense. His hand wasn't up by the ball, but it was right in Steph's face, Mm -hmm. literally. And he still hits the three. Like I said, at some points, he just looked unguardable on Friday. And we'll see what happens uh, game five uh, tonight back in Golden State. And uh, like we talked about last week, Golden State got a steal one in Boston. They did. Now the series is tied 2-2 again. Um, A lot of people I know were excited. We're going to see a game six, Clay Thompson. We better see a game five, Clay Thompson. (laughs) They they need to win this game, Uh, I I think, pretty badly. And Boston has already proven they can win in Golden State. So they're going to need somebody to help Steph Curry. And, you know, for Boston, again, I think it just goes back to limiting the turnovers. Jason Tatum has six turnovers in game four. Mm-hmm. Can't have that. Got to be better in game five. So excited about tonight's game, though. Obviously a very important game five. And as much as we're going to give praise to Steph Curry for dropping 43, I think we need to give presents or some praise, excuse me here, to uh, Andrew Wiggins. 16 total rebounds. Mm-hmm. He didn't put a lot of points on the board. 17, that's fine. But when you get just as many rebounds as you do points, that's a stellar game. Like, that's a guy that, like, the Warriors need to remain consistent in terms of that type of play. And then if you get something from Clay Thompson or Jordan Poole, you're good. But, like, Andrew Wiggins has to continue to play that style of basketball. He has to accept that role and just go with it. If he drops more than 17 points, you're completely happy with it. But on the other side of that here with the Boston Celtics, we need to see a game that Jason Tatum just completely takes over. If you're going to have mm-hmm. an Instagram picture that's similar to you and Kobe Bryant laying your head on a basketball and you're going to wear the number eight armband and you're going to wear the, the number eight thing on your finger as well or you're just going to try to embody the Mamba mentality here, 
do it then. Let's see it. Yeah, this is your stage. And I love Jason Tatum, but I do think, uh, myself included, a little premature on labeling him a superstar. Um, you know, even like guys like Giannis, we saw him take over in the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what you've really got to do to hit that next level. He's a really good young player. He might get that opportunity again later in his career. But right now, if he's going to be labeled a superstar, you've got to have that moment where you take over at least in one game. Yeah. I mean, of like, okay, just, I'm coming out, I'm dropping 30, 35. Like we talked about Clay Thompson's stellar in game six. Why can't Jason Tatum just be the dude in game five? Mm-hmm. I game did see Jason. Here he is. I saw a stat. He's seven and one in game sevens. The only game seven he's lost in his career was his rookie season against LeBron. That's the only time he's lost in game seven. That's so pretty remarkable. <laughs> game seven more important than game six, but that's also not like a, oh I took over mm-hmm. in game seven thing. I don't know what his stats are for that one. I haven't seen it, but I do. I want to see him have that moment. Mm-hmm. I guess that's what I'm rooting for. I, we've talked about it before with guys like Devin Booker. Go have your big moment in the NBA Finals. If you want to be the elite of the elite, the greatest of the players, you got to do it in the NBA Finals. And I get, like, he's still young. So it's like, okay, well, he's a young guy. It's his first time in the NBA Finals. How's he going to handle it? I'm sure it's a lot. I'm sure it's a lot to just kind of digest and figure a routine out and, you know, be ready game in and game out with this and not feel all the pressure of, yeah, this is the Finals. It's something that's difficult to do because it's something you figure out as you get older, too, how to handle all the pressure. You've gotten here. You've dealt with all the pressures through your entire career being in Boston. You know, with Kyrie being there, Kyrie leaving, finding a way to the finals as a team and as a unit with you and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart and Robert Williams and Al Horford. Just go do it, man. Like at some point, you just, your shots got to fall. You got to find the right mix of attacking the basket and making those easy layups that you've put yourself in that position to score and hitting the big shot from outside. It doesn't have to be a big three. You can pull up from mid-range and just knock down a big jump or fade away, and that's a big shot, and that's a big moment. I do feel like sometimes, though, watching him play, it's like he realizes this is going to be a big shot if I hit it. Like, it just doesn't feel like a flow to his game. It's like that quick little moment thought of, like, if I make this, this is going to be epic. You just got to play basketball. Yeah, and even, you know, looking at, like, say Boston wins the finals. If it, if it were over right now, I think you'd have to say Jason or sorry, um, Jalen Brown is the MVP. Mm-hmm. Neither one of them have had like a big moment. Obviously, if the Warriors win, it's going to be Steph Curry. Yeah, I, I think he's going to come out. He's going to have a bigger, uh, another big night. And you know, Andrew Wiggins has been solid too, uh, scoring like seventeen, eighteen points a game in the postseason. Uh, I think you can make a strong argument that he's the second best player on the Warriors roster. It's not Clay Thompson anymore. And uh, Jordan Poole's another guy that maybe we were a little premature to praise him so much of like, oh, he's the next dude uh, for Golden State. I mean, it's been Andrew Wiggins the entire season, yeah, playoffs at least, finals. Um, so they, I think they're going to have an interesting dilemma on their hands about do you pay Andrew Wiggins, do you keep him? I, I remember when he was traded to Golden State, and everybody thought, oh, well, they're not going to keep him. They're just going to trade him. Here he is, like two years later, still on the roster and playing very well. I, I do think you have to make it a point to to keep him. I don't know what Clay's contract is like. I, I don't know if they have options to to make here soon, but Andrew Wiggins has been very good. Underrated, I would say. Would you be willing to move on from Clay Thompson or Draymond Green in order to keep Andrew Wiggins? Yeah, both. 
<laughs> Both, really? Yeah. Uh, their best basketball is way behind them. Even for Clay. I mean, yeah. this is his first year back from, you know, a double year of injuries. Maybe one more season you should get the return of Clay. Yeah. He's he's already 32 years old. And I really like Clay Thompson. I think he he's been an underrated guy in the NBA. Steph gets a lot of the praise. Clay Thompson's been a great like 3 and D guy his whole career. But coming back from those injuries, he just hasn't been the same player. And it's where, you know, he's dropping like 18 points a game. And there are just nights where it's just it's not falling for him at all. So I really like Clay Thompson. I think that even he he seems unhappy with the Warriors. I don't know. Maybe that's just his personality. But he seems like something bothering him. <laughs> that's just body language on the court. In terms of like basketball or maybe outside basketball? And I, of course, I don't expect you to have that answer. But I know nothing about outside or... of basketball with Clay Thompson <laughs> other than his father and brother. Uh, but it just seems like maybe he's not happy with maybe his own play, maybe his play within – uh, the playbook and what's being called for him. I don't know, but it seems like he's he doesn't want to play third in that lineup. Yeah. Like it used to be Steph and Clay. Mm-hmm. Now people are talking about Jordan Poole. They're talking about Andrew Wiggins. Clay's not getting that next pass to put mm-hmm. up the shot. I, I think he was fine being the Scottie Pippen to Steph's Michael Jordan. Now he's like Tony Kukoc. Mm-hmm. And whether that's like, oh, man, I'm really frustrated in my own play or I'm frustrated with the organization, I don't know. But he seems frustrated to me. Yeah, he's still getting paid a lot of money over the next two years. Oh, I'm sure uh, he's happy in terms of financial stability, that's for sure. Yeah, but... $40 million over the next two years. Each, each year. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so they're only paying up 20 My God. Yeah. Yeah, so 40 is interesting. I don't think – I haven't picked up on that body language from Clay, but honestly, at the same time, I feel like he's always been that way where he seems irritated until mm-hmm. he drops like 40-some points in a quarter almost, you know, and I can know – what is it? He actually dropped 30 in a quarter. It's then when you see him almost like that, you look at him, it's like, well, you're pissed off you didn't drop 35 in a quarter? I feel like Clay's always kind of pissy. But if you're picking up on it, I will wholeheartedly believe you because you see that within people, Mel. Uh, very perceptive. <laughs> very much so. <laughs> to a fault at times. <laughs> Uh, for instance, I stole your Kansas City Chiefs mini helmet weeks ago. You haven't even noticed. Where the fuck you put it? <laughs> With my mini helmets. Nah. <laughs> it's got a it's new right home. there on the back row, sure enough. <laughs> I've, honestly, I've been looking at it for the last week going like, <laughs> all last week. I was like, what's that with the mini helmet? And I would notice it during the show and I just never went over there and grabbed it. Like, Perceptive. <laughs> Son of a... <laughs> you dog. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I appreciate you telling the truth now, though. <laughs> right. I've been waiting for you to notice, but you haven't. I think there was at one point we even talked about mini helmets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the only red one. And now, you know what? I'm so used to not seeing it on my shelf now. I don't know where I had it sitting. <laughs> uh, right under your large chief's helmet. Right. In between my degree. Honestly, the reason why I took it because it was like I need another color here. Let's let's mix <laughs> it up a little bit. I'll give it back. For <laughs> it sure. doesn't fit. I have college football helmets. Oh, you can't even tell it's an NFL one. Yeah, just keep it's it a nice in looking back. red though. <laughs> yeah, when it mixes things up and it's not just red screaming at you the whole time. Uh, Andrew Wiggins has one more year on his deal at thirty-three million dollars. Uh, both Clay and Draymond have two years left on their deal. Uh, so they'll be free agents in 2024. Andrew Wiggins will be a free agent after next season. And they, they do have some 
decisions to make with what you're going to do with these guys. And in two years, I'm not playing, paying um, Clay Thompson. I'm sure as hell not paying Draymond. Yep. Uh, Sorry, Jake dude. In, no, you're good. Jake in the chat asked, hey, I've, uh, I haven't followed the, the finals much, but why are they spacing the games so far apart? Two, three days between games seems weird. Well, at this point of the, the NBA final schedule, they're just doing the one-on-one. So they're going to have a day of travel, then a day of rest, and then they'll have the game day. At this point, it should be the two days because you're traveling. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why games like you had games one and two, you had two days between those. I don't get it. You're not traveling. That should have been a one-game thing. Yeah. Then the series moves to Boston. All right, take two days. Series is in Boston. Should be one day in between games. Are they just trying to make it to where their nights are like the only – that's the only thing on TV, excuse me, is basketball? I'm sure that they're trying to hit those peak – like Tuesday, Thursdays, Sunday nights, they ought to just come out and be like, "Hey, our series is going to be played Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday." Yeah, I mean, why why do a Monday night for a game five? Mm-hmm. Because like, the just, way that they wanna... that it's scheduled, it's uh, because game six would be Thursday, which is kind of a prime time slot, and then game seven would be on Sunday, which is kind of a prime time slot. So I, I so get that aspect it. of it, but... So it's because, like, Game 5 doesn't have a, as much meaning to the series? So we're either going to see the, a champion on Thursday or the last game of the NBA season for this year on next Sunday. Mm-hmm. On Father's Day, yeah. Yeah. But still at the same time, I don't like it either. It, it's kind of lagged. Like, it's dragging on. It's going to be like a yeah. three-week series. Like, come on, let's go. <laughs> right? I'm ready to just get it over with, honestly. Uh, I was looking at some of these prop prop bets this morning, though, and I find it interesting, and I think the line might have changed a little bit even since I looked at them. Um, Steph and Clay both set at um, a total of 50 points over-under. Brown and Tatum set at 50 points over-under as a tandem. Okay. Who, do you, who do you think scores more points tonight, Steph and Clay or Brown and Tatum? I'm going to say Brown and Tatum. And I feel like it's a a little gutsy to say that because of what we just saw Steph do last game. But at the same time, it's going to be hard for him to play that type of game again without just sitting here thinking that Boston doesn't have a game plan. Where they're not going back and looking over the last couple of days going, all right, what do we do wrong? What can we do different here? What can we do to just keep Steph busy and you know preoccupied to where he's not – you know trying to take full control of the game, and we get beat by somebody else on the Warriors. Because right now the Warriors have proven no one else can beat you besides Steph. Well, I saw a tweet that had his like actual breakdown of like who's guarding him and his field goal percentages. When anyone except for Marcus Smart is guarding Steph Curry, he's shooting above 50%. When Marcus Smart is guarding him, it dips down close to like 30 So if you're Mar- if you're the Celtics, you just slap Marcus Smart? Yeah, like you got to find a – like. You're not switching on screens. I don't, I don't know. you got to find a way to keep Marcus smart on him. You tell Marcus, piss him off. Have him throw his mouthpiece again. Yeah. I mean, for real, though, like get to a point where like you are in Steph's head and like you're fighting through screens. Yeah, hey, these next three games are going to be brutal. But guess what? If we win a championship, we win a championship. Yeah. It's not gonna be Did you brutal. see uh, him calling for a foul on, in game four? Uh, Steph? Yeah, he got real Every frustrated. Every time he shot the freaking ball, it was <laughs> True. irritating. I hate that. I hate. I hate doing that when you know you're playing pickup games with friends or like you go to an alumni tournament. If you got a guy shooting a three and then he just like falls down looking for a call, mm-hmm. as a person who volunteers refs those alumni tournaments, I'll tell you right now, I ain't blowing the whistle. 
I looked at my friend right in the eyes like, dude, that's a freaking foul. I was like, guess what? I ain't fucking blowing the whistle because that's a <laughs> stupid-ass play. I'm not going to watch you shoot this shot up with your shitty form anyways, brick it, and then sit here and go to the line for three shots. That I know you're going to brick all three anyways. I'm not going to blow the whistle. <laughs> and even if you're Steph Curry, like, hey, there's no need for you to be doing this. You've had a very successful career shooting threes. Don't be trying to get calls now. Yeah, from from out here because I don't all like it is, is like it was, the, there was barely any contact. Like yeah, there was a little bit of contact. Ball. Like, and oh. also with the NBA again, another thing they need to fix is it will be contacts like well after the shot. And I know they have the thing where like you have to give a player a, a place to land. Mm-hmm. That's cool. We don't need people out here breaking ankles and things like that. But it's like I think it was Jason Tatum barely touched like Steph's ribs. And he like flops a little bit and then is just screaming for a foul call. Like, are you kidding me? Like, and he was giving it to the ref on the other end. Like, he's not even barely playing defense, which he doesn't really play a lot of anyway, but he's still just yelling at the refs. And so if I complain about everybody else doing it, I got to complain when yeah. Steph does it too. It's just, it's so annoying. There was that one call with Al Horford, I believe it was last game, or maybe it was the game before, where Steph's coming down the court, but he jumps forward so much, and Al Horford's like, i got to get a hand in his face, that they kind of collided at a point. And it was like, do we like, do we call this? How do we call this? You know what I mean? Is it kind of one of those personal fouls mm-hmm. here where it was like, well, you didn't give him a space to land. How do you handle this? Yeah. So to me, it's like that's the tough spot, too, with it is if Steph's coming down the court like that and he's you know throwing himself that much forward to put the shot up, if it goes in, that's great, but like, don't be doing that and looking for contact. I don't want that to be the new James Harden of, like, I'm just finding ways to get to the line. And yeah. I know that's kind of dramatic to say, but at the same time, like, I, just, I don't want to turn it into that at all whatsoever. And I think they outlawed that a little bit, too, because players were really, like, searching for contact. Mm-hmm. And, like, Reggie Miller used to be the worst. Yeah. So this isn't even, like, a generational thing. I mean, guys have been doing it for a long time. You give that little pump fake – and then you just dive into your defender. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've kind of outlawed that. Yeah, Kobe move. mastered it. Dwayne Wade mastered it. Mm-hmm. it was just almost like I even got annoyed when Dwayne Wade did it. It's like just put up the freaking shot, dude. Yeah, I used to do it when when I played too because it was just yeah. like that was the thing. That's what you used your pump fake for. Get that guy in the air and then jump into him. Get your shot off. And then you're going through the foul line for at least yep. one. Uh, but they have kind of outlawed that one too, which I agree with. I do like the you have to give them room to land at least, which I think is a big judgment call. Mm-hmm. But uh, this NBA players trying to get calls of any type of contact. I'm kind of surprised guys like Steph don't get. Like I'm surprised that Steph didn't get that call. Maybe that's why he was so upset. Like, hey, man, I usually get this call. Like, I don't, I don't know if you know this about me. I'm Steph Curry. I'm the greatest shooter of all time. If somebody touches me while I'm shooting. I usually get that call. So yeah. <laughs> let's fix that for next time. Uh, more uh, prop bets. Uh, does Draymond Green have more fouls or more points tonight? More fouls or more points? I'm going to say Draymond probably has a bigger role in scoring tonight because the Celtics are going to be able to slow or have probably game plan to slow down Steph. I'm not saying they're going to slow him down. But if that game plan is working to any, you know, any way, shape, or form of slowing down Steph, someone else is going to have to put up points. And it possibly could be Draymond. He also got benched last game in a very serious moment. Yep, that's so what I was thinking, too. To that. um, and surely he's going to stay out of foul trouble tonight. I would think that he has more points than fouls, but he doesn't on the series. <laughs> he's 18 fouls and 17 points now. 
Yikes. So it's it's a trend in the wrong direction for Draymond. But I would think that he would have more points than Faust tonight. And on the other side of things, though, there is the whole how much does he actually play? Mm-hmm. He played 35 minutes last game, but he did get benched in critical moments. And I think that if you're being honest, Kevin Looney probably giving you better minutes than what Draymond is right now. So even if you want to keep Wiggins, uh, Thompson, Poole, and Curry on the court, Kevin Looney might be your better option as a number five guy than what Draymond is right now. Yeah. He might be a better defender than Draymond right now. Wiggins, is that what you're saying, or Looney? <laughs> Kevin Looney. <laughs> I mean, Looney might just because of size in terms of, you know, Robert Williams or Grant, whatever, whichever Williams is yeah. down there. Or Al Horford. Or Al Horford. And the fact of, like, not allowing them to just, you know, kind of tip the ball up after a rebound and just kind of, you know, bump it to each other and then they get another shot or, you know, another 14 seconds to try and score. Because that's been the thing with Draymond, too, is he's just not coming down with rebounds. No. He's not. Like, he's a seven 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 guy. Which, those seven assists are nice. Mm-hmm. The seven points, seven rebounds, it's that's kind of whatever. It's kind of and then there's happening. the you know, the fouls, the technicals. And then you like got that. Andrew Wiggins out here getting seventeen rebounds and or eighteen rebounds and seventeen points or vice versa. Mm-hmm. That's like, well, uh that's better than Draymond. Like that's yeah. some production here. And if we can get Looney down there and just have some type of presence of size and you know, snagging some rebounds and extra boards, yeah, we're set. Sorry, Draymond, but your time's up, my guy. Uh Warriors are favored in this one by four. Now, I saw it at three and a half earlier. It's at four now. Uh, I I think the Warriors win tonight. I'm actually going to take Boston. I think Boston comes out with a little vengeance. I, I want to see a game seven. I do too. So I it's going to be tough for the Celtics, but I, I think it goes Warriors-Celtics game seven. I'll be rooting very hard for the Celtics in game seven. So game seven will be in San Francisco. Yep. Yeah. It'll be tough. But have to done win the before. next two games in, in San Francisco, possibly. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you're going home, like that's a lot of pressure to win at home. Mm-hmm. And if you're the Warriors, it's like, we got their backs against the wall. Let's go ahead and go. Yeah. Uh, I also saw this one and wanted to talk about it, too. Anthony Davis, I don't know if he tweeted it out, if he said it in an interview, but he said it. Uh, he hasn't shot a basketball since April 5th. That is two months ago. You know what? That is... Not good to hear if you're a Lakers fan. That's not good to hear if you're the new coach of the Lakers, general manager of the Lakers, the owner of the Lakers, and if you're fucking LeBron James. So LeBron's wife? Got no, like. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you got me there. I realized as I said, I was like, did it come off that way? It did. That's exactly how it came off. But it's not good for her either, though, because that yeah. means more work for LeBron. And LeBron's not going to be happy. And if LeBron's not happy, nobody's happy. <laughs> Pretty much. But uh, the thing is, too, though, like, <laughs> if you're LeBron James, you are not happy hearing that Anthony Davis has not shot since, has not shot a basketball since April 5th. That's just insane. Sorry, I don't get it. I don't know why. I guess you could look at it. I know a lot of these guys, like, you need rest. Mm-hmm. After a season, if you're coming off of an injury, you need rest. But at the same time, take a month. Mm-hmm. Take six weeks. Now we're we're at about ten weeks yeah, where he hasn't shot a basketball. Maybe he's you know he's getting back in shape. I don't know, but it's it's still odd to be like, nope, haven't even shot a basketball in two months. Like even if you're just warming up for like, oh, okay, I'm about to work out or whatever, mm-hmm. you're probably putting up some shots. 
something. Go to the foul line, something. But to just be like, no, I haven't even taken a shot in two months since April 5th, which was their last, the last game he played in mm-hmm. is the April 5th date. So I, I don't know. That's Anthony Davis, a- I thought he could have been one of the best players in the league. Like two years ago, three years ago, I thought, oh, my God, this is – he's fantastic. He's great. He plays defense. He could shoot. I thought it was a great pairing with LeBron. Now Anthony Davis doesn't even – doesn't even do anything. I mean, honestly, this and it might sound dramatic, but at the same time, I'm kind of serious with it. This really makes me question Anthony Davis's love for basketball. You haven't touched a basketball since your season ended, after you spent a huge chunk of it just resting and dealing with. Like, is he trying to force his way out again? Like I don't. <laughs> what are you forcing your way out of? You're living in L.A. A huge reason for your guys' success not being there is because you're not present on the floor. Yep. Because you don't want to be physical. You don't want to be down in the paint. You want to play finesse basketball and shoot threes. That's not your style of game, Anthony Davis. Stop, like, just stop trying to – like, just go down to the basket and shoot mid-range shots. Stop trying to extend it past that. Can you hit a three here or there? Absolutely. That's awesome. I love that. Don't I, like, let that be your entire game, though. One of the cool stories about Anthony Davis is that, like, when he was in high school, like, as a, like a junior or something, he was still, like, six foot two, six foot three. Now he's in the NBA. He's 6'10", 6'11". Mm-hmm. I still think he plays like he's 6'2", 6'3". Like he doesn't want to get down there in the paint. He doesn't want to be He physical. doesn't realize his size. And I mean, <laughs> But the thing is, though, he does defensively when he needs to block somebody. Because mm-hmm. we or saw like, that in college. And, you know, football will always talk about receivers like, oh, man, they play much bigger than they are. Anthony Davis, one of the rare players where he plays much smaller than he is. Like, Very much so. He plays like Grant Williams size, like ah oh, six six two thirty. I if Anthony Davis, if, excuse me, if Anthony Davis played like Draymond Green's mentality, he'd be terrifying. Yeah, he'd be unstoppable. Yeah, <laughs> and that level of confidence too that Draymond has, just absolutely unstoppable. Uh, but I, I still, I can't believe it. Maybe he's out there, you know, he's working on his defensive drills. That's one thing I've complained about, too. Every time you see a guy working out in the offseason, he's just working on offense. It's either ball handling or shooting. You never see anybody in a like, uh, defensive position like shuffling back and forth on the court. If he comes out and says, yeah, I spent the last few months working on defense, I'll take back everything I just said. But uh-huh. here's the thing. I doubt it. <laughs> no. He's chilling. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm a scorer, dude. I'm getting, I got paid everything this last season. Guess what? I played like 30 games. Right. Just, I don't know if you can depend on him working for you. I know you can depend on Roper Kia working for you, though. And uh, You should check out their line of inventory at roperkia.com. And if you mention us here at Mike Up, you can get $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. Again, go check them out. Mention us at Mike Up. Save yourself $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. Yep. Next up is Gunspot. Make sure to visit them at gunspot.com for all your gun and ammo needs. No reserved auctions every single week. Best part about the website, there's no hidden fees when you go to check out either. Also, it's not a matter of if. You know, you can look for a helicopter, possibly buy a helicopter on the website. It's just a matter of when. So be sure to check it out at Gunspot.com. And in some football news, uh, we have a lot of guys reporting to OTAs today. And uh, some in question, some guys not reporting. Um, a lot of people talking this morning, though, because Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. showed up to camp. Uh Still looking to get a new contract. He, he only has one year left on that extension, or that fifth-year extension. 
I think that he should be praised for the fact that he is in camp. I mean, if he weren't in camp, he'd be getting dogged. It's oh, like, oh, how yeah. can you be so selfish to, to be sitting out? But he's not. He's there despite wanting a new contract, needing a new contract. So I, I do think that's really mature of him to show up. And, but we haven't praised him for that. So I feel like we should. Because uh, guys like Kyler Murray, who knows? Like they're deleting everything off their Instagram. You don't know if they want to stay there. You don't know what their future is. Lamar Jackson has not done that. Mm-mm. So you, I didn't even plan to talk about that today. But like, good for him to like actually show up, to be the leader of your team and be there. I mean, I used to be a massive critic of Lamar Jackson. I still am a little bit. I'll be honest there. But I wouldn't the say is, you're a high praiser of him. I've gained a lot of respect in terms of like just how he's continued to develop his game in the NFL, though. So like, And that mm-hmm. was my biggest knock on it. It was like, I just don't think he's going to be able to do that. I think he's found success running the ball, and that's what his game's going to be, and the Ravens aren't going to be able to find continued success with that type of gameplay. If he is going to be a good quarterback and he is going to be a franchise guy, he's got to develop as a passer. He's got to be able to make the right read and the right decision, get the ball out of his hand. And over the last couple of years, he's proven that time and time again. I have to eat those words. I'm willing to accept that. Where was I wrong? Right then and there. And that's fine. Lamar Jackson ended the season last year very well as a passer. And the thing is, when you're Baltimore, it's like, well, we're we're trying to get him more targets here, but guys are staying injured. The one guy who's not getting injured, Mark Andrews, has been pretty damn good. Yeah, and even Lamar Jackson banged up a lot last year, missed four or five games last season. And the thing is with Lamar Jackson is he's still working to get better. Like I just saw, you know, videos come out this weekend of him doing this, like kind of, you know, differential type of running directions, you know, and boosting and accelerating and stuff like that to kind of take off. He's trying to get himself in shape here. Is he doing that Patrick Mahomes figure eight run? Uh, it wasn't necessarily like that, but it was. You know, I like watching that drill. <laughs> it is kind of fun drill to watch. With Lamar, though, it's just like it's so cool to see, again, him develop his game, but then also just show, like, I know the contract's going to get figured out. My mom's going to handle it. Mm-hmm. They got her. She's got their numbers. You know, she knows who to call. They know who to call. It's my mom. I'm going to come work out. Yep. You talk to her. I'll get paid millions. She'll get a cut of it, and we'll just be happy and go. Let's go win some football games for the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. But the whole agent thing, I definitely think he should have had it, a real agent mm-hmm. throughout the draft process. I think he could have been drafted higher than 32 overall if he had an agent to help him through that. Uh, because there is so much. Like even a lot of times, your agents will front you that money so that you can go be with a private quarterback coach and things like that, or the guys that you know coach you through. Like, hey, this is what you're going to see at the combine. Yep. This is what your schedule is going to be like. Let's start preparing. You're going to work out early. Just simple things like that. I think really hurt him in the agent category. Now with the negotiations, how much is an agent really doing for him? Yeah. Like, hey, this is the number I want. Get there. It's $45 million. So that's, that seems fair to you. It seems fair to us. Like Other than that, you're probably still having some kind of a lawyer look over your contract and be like, look for any stupid hidden language in here. Yeah. Other than that, like this is the dollar amount I want. Make it work. I wonder if his discussion is mainly just going to be like guarantees. Like this is what I want guaranteed. I don't care what all the other lingo and bullshit is that's in it. You put the guaranteed money that I know what's going to be in my bank account when this contract ends, I'll sign it today. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting with him, too, because that the, the Deshaun Watson contract. Yeah. When we look at guys like Mahomes, Rodgers, Josh Allen, I think it's going to be around one of those contracts. But at the same time, if Deshaun Watson can get a fully guaranteed deal, 
uh, you better not even talk to Lamar Jackson about anything not guaranteed. Man, like, what would you give him guaranteed? I, <laughs> I don't know. That's tough. Because <laughs> I got two thirty guaranteed. Yep, over five years. I don't know that that's a lot of money. But at the same time, Lamar Jackson's been better than Deshaun Watson. He's got an ability. And that's, like, just talking football. Not uh, on the field. It's <laughs> yeah. so, like he already has an MVP. He's, he's been successful in the playoffs. Win. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you kind of got to look at that and say, like, all right, we'll, we'll do something similar to the five years, 23 million, or sorry, 230 million that Deshaun Watson got. Would you, if you're Lamar Jackson, do you go for a four year deal or a five year deal? Do you try and double dip in that? I think maybe I'm just like a little bit conservative on that. I would rather take a long term deal. So that's kind of where I'm at too. But at the same time, it's like, you know, if I can make $250 million in four years and then redo that again, that's $500 million in eight years. Yep. That's more than Patrick Mahomes. That's what uh, Dak Prescott did. If it's guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, went to the Cowboys and was like, I don't want to sign that long of a deal. Yeah. I want the four-year deal, not the five-year deal, not the six-year deal. And, of course, not the, like, 12-year deal that Mahomes signed. Because that contract, boy, do I love it now. <laughs> it's going to look real good in about five years. Oh, 100%. When you do get other guys re-signing their deals, like the, you know, I don't know how long Josh Allen's is, but, you know, some of these other young quarterbacks, the Joe Burrows, Justin Herbert, mm-hmm. some of these guys, Kyler Murray, they're all going to be paid higher than Patrick Mahomes in the not-so-distant future. <laughs> and that's going to be a great day. It's going to be crazy to think about, and we're all going to be like, man, look at the sacrifice Patrick's willing to do to just keep all these stars around here. <laughs> hey, he did tell Chris Jones, like, hey, man, I left some money on the table for you. You sure did. We didn't <laughs> believe it at the time because it was like, Motherfucker, you signed $500 million. I thought he was going to be the highest-paid quarterback for, like, years to come. <laughs> now what is he, third? Yeah. Now, I mean, there will be a time where he's making, what, almost $45 million on that contract in a season. Yeah, but, but I that think that's point, like next year. <laughs> salary cap's going to be so high, it's like, eh, it's all right. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Look at another guy in here. And Lamar Jackson just turned 25 years old in January. So if you do that's sign another a four-year deal, it's like, boom, you get it right there before you're 30. He's surprisingly young. Yeah. To be in the NFL and have that success already. Even Joe Burrow are the same age. Yeah. So I, I think that a deal probably gets done pretty soon. I would I don't know. I assume that. But at the same time, I could see Lamar being like, if that's if it doesn't work out, no. He just doesn't seem too worried about like getting hurt and mm-hmm. not having those guaranteed that guaranteed contract. But he's a quarterback in the NFL, even if he does get hurt, he's gonna get another big payday. Like look at Peyton Manning, he like broke his neck and then went and got <laughs> Paid by the Broncos for another yeah, took a year off, couple of years. Like, yeah, oh, Dak Prescott got his foot ripped off, <laughs> still got his payday. Yep. Like a quarterback, they just don't really care. You're going to get paid. And you're a first-rounder, so you're automatically going to get another opportunity there. And you won an MVP. Oh, if you did it with them, you could do it with us. That's going to mm-hmm. be everyone's mindset. Yeah. So maybe he does wait. Maybe he collects on the franchise tag, which would pay him north of $40 million or so. Do you think he's possibly waiting for Kyler Murray? Maybe. So it's like, all right, what's Kyler get? He's got a similar style of game, but I <laughs> yeah. know I'm better than him. I'm way better than that short motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> like, where's that compared to Deshaun? Because, like, <laughs> if his is more than Deshaun's, we're restarting this entire negotiation conversation. 
Yeah. These are uh, <laughs> slitch anything we've had before. Moving on. Yeah. And even just looking at like the average salaries and things like that, you have Rodgers up there with Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, <laughs> and then Derek Carr right, currently is number five. Lamar needs to be top five. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. But again, that's probably going to push guys like Mahomes down, which is fine with me. Yeah, I'm not upset. <laughs> I'm, I'm not all upset about it. All. Let him get paid. He's not going to get paid less, but uh, that contract really reset the quarterback market. Toward, I don't understand how you can be successful with these quarterbacks with how much money they're being paid. But although, you know, the Packers have been very good, Aaron Rodgers has been getting paid a lot of money. Yeah. We say this every time, though, they get a big contract like that. It's like, oh, how are they going to be able to afford it? Because the next couple of years, the salary cap's going up again. Mm-hmm. Well, we got receivers making $30 million right now. Five years ago, we were talking about who's going to be the, you know, who's going to be making $30 million as a quarterback. It was Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, is he going to get 30? Because he Jimmy got like 27 or 28. But like, Devontae Adams is now making that five years later. That's insane to think about. Mm-hmm. And now we got defensive linemen getting $60 million raises. Aaron Donald wholeheartedly deserves it. But I, it almost makes me wonder, too, though. If like, you're Aaron Donald and you're getting this contract and you're Fletcher Cox, you had to like get released and then come get signed back on just so you can make the salary cap work for your situation. It's crazy how it just fluctuates between team to team. And I understand that's the point of it and how you handle it in your own finances and stuff. But, like, my God. Who's going to be the next big name to hit the market, though? Because the team's like, actually, we're just we're not going to pay you $30 million to catch a football. Yep. It just, I have the spot rack, like, quarterback contracts pulled up just looking at some of these. Like I said, Aaron Rodgers bringing in 50, about uh, Deshaun Watson, 46, Mahomes, 45, Josh Allen, 43. Then you get guys like uh, Derek Carr, Dak Prescott, Matt Stafford, all around 40. Mm-hmm. But then you even have Russell Wilson at 35, Kirk Cousins at 35. Kirk Cousins is making 35? Oh, it gets better. Jared Goff at 33, mm-hmm. Carson Wentz at 32, yes. <laughs> and then Matt Ryan and Ryan Tannehill at 30. You're paying some bad quarterbacks a lot of money. Yeah. And then, God, this one. Then Jimmy Garoppolo comes in, 27. Yep. You know who we haven't mentioned yet? Tom Brady. Tom Brady at $15 million. <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> it, is, it is idiotic. It, like, if you're $15 hit... <laughs> million dollars for the greatest quarterback of all time. The only like non-quarterbacks on rookie contracts, like non-rookie contract quarterbacks, are Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston. Everyone else being paid higher than Tom Brady. Every other quarterback still on some kind of rookie deal. Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, all those guys on a rookie contract out there. It's just stupid. Yeah. I don't know how I don't know why he continues to do this for his teams. He's just so nice of a guy. Wasn't it a couple of years ago where we were talking about how he's never been the highest paid quarterback in the league? Mm-hmm. I don't know if that ever changed, but I can remember him being with Tampa Bay being like He's not going to be the highest. No, I don't think he ever has been. And I think he's okay with that because he realizes, like, I'm just going to help set the rest. Like, I would much rather win than be the highest paid player. Mm-hmm. 
Because me winning now sets me up for the rest of my career in terms of finance. I mean, it does though. Like, it just if you win another Super Bowl, you're just you're never, ever, 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 ever. <laughs> that's five or six evers. Yeah, be needing money or anything ever again. No, he's he'll you, be. You have eight fucking Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah, and he knows like, yeah, I'm gonna get that money, like my announcer money. That's probably fully guaranteed. Yeah, that I completely forgot about that. Okay. So of course this year he's like, yeah, I can play for fifteen. That's yeah. more than enough. I'll just go have some fun. I'm about to get thirty seven next year. So like, it's I hope fine. he reaches a point next year where he realizes like, hey, we're not going to Super Bowl. Fuck it, and he's just <laughs> slinging interceptions everywhere. Like I don't yeah. even care how this career goes, goes out there and be like just a gunslinger. Yeah, he weighs like two hundred and forty pounds. <laughs> Still I am now Big Ben. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I don't think that day. happened. If uh, he just did that and just like roasted everyone else that he's ever played against, like that would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to focus on social media this year and get paid $15 million. That would be kind of nice. It would also be nice because then they wouldn't win the Super Bowl. Exactly. <laughs> um, other sports that we had over the weekend, the Lightning win their series over the Rangers, uh, setting up a Lightning Avalanche Stanley Cup final. Very excited about that one to start on Wednesday. Uh, also, uh, I know a lot of us saw the Rangers fan from, what was that, like Friday night, punch the Lightning fan and knock him out. Uh, he's finally been arrested. That's nice to see. And I also, I'm glad to see that uh, who is it? Madison Square Garden said he would be banned for life. We need to ban more fans for life. 100%. For, and for less problematic events, too. Not just like, oh, I knocked this guy out and sent him to the hospital and then punched another guy later. It, like, just some of the acts that you do, you should just be banned for life. Without a doubt. Or like, you know, a couple of years suspension of, oh, you were an obnoxious drunk, five-year ban. My one thing that I wonder, though, is like, how do you track that? Like, if you ban someone for life. Oh, I know. I don't get it either. It's just like, all right, I'll just buy a ticket through another email. You're not going to recognize me exactly. sitting in section 300. Yeah, oh, like if I get like, banned from Kauffman Stadium, guess what? You're buying all my tickets now, and I'm yeah. still showing up. I'm not walking in with you, but <laughs> I'll meet you at the seats. <laughs> I'm hiding behind you. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to do that things where I get on your shoulders. <laughs> Red, little, uh, little rascals. Yeah. I almost said little rascal flats. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> you would. <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't understand how they track that stuff. I don't either, either. but maybe it's just like the threat of like you're not allowed back in here. And if we catch you back in here, you're in trouble. Yeah. But even like the, catch you. When the Barstool guys got banned from the Super Bowl and Dave Portnoy like still showed up to it. I think he was the one that got banned and he still yeah. got in. Yeah, there were a couple of them. There was like, hey, if you see these guys, they're not allowed in here. And, and he made it to like the caught, second quarter or something. And I think the reason they got caught is because they were on social media. Yeah, so just talking like, about hey, like, yep, I'm here. here. <laughs> yeah, just so you know, I got in. Here's a selfie of me in my section. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come get me. <laughs> I have my fake mustache on and these goofy-looking sunglasses. <laughs> right? I'm surprised they didn't. And uh, we had the Live Tour finish this weekend and also a PGA Tour finish this weekend. Charles Schwartzel wins the Live Tour. Who? Never heard of this dude in my life, but he walks home with $4 million for the individual prize for winning this thing and also an additional $750,000 because his team won the team portion of this as well. So nearly $5 million in one weekend, and he only had to pay 
play 54 holes of golf. Rory McIlroy plays 72 holes of golf and wins 1.5 <laughs> on the PGA Tour. That's tough. I'm sorry. Like He won half of what old Charles won. Or sorry, Charles won half of what Rory did just based off the team stuff. Yeah. And I think that's like – it's going to be tough for like the LIV to – keep up that amount of pay unless these investors are just like I think they've already got it like lined out it's just I feel like the investors are gonna be like hey we're actually just not really seeing a return on this like we're just not gonna give you any more money but yeah it could collapse because like we saw it with uh not the XFL the one before that the AAF whatever that was it was just like Mm -hmm. the investors like hey we're just not seeing a return we're we're out we can't afford to keep doing this yep so that's my only concern with it but it's like and I heard Dan Patrick talking about it this morning. Is if you can get, if you can kind of cherry pick some of these kids from college who might have missed out on some NIL deals because it's a little late or, you know, it's just kind of the end of their run there in college, you're going to come here and win $5 million playing golf, 54 holes? Yeah, I'm going to go do that. Exactly. Instead of taking, you know, a little bit of time to kind of keep moving my way up to the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or if, you're, you know, you're a guy who's struggling to make cuts mm-hmm. on the PGA Tour – you want to come over here to the live tour and make money? I know the politics side of it. I don't fault any of these guys. And Rory McIlroy even made some comments. Justin Thomas made some comments um, about like Greg Norman and like, oh, it's nice to get 21 wins on the PGA Tour. That's one more than someone else. Mm. <laughs> Congratulations. But at the end of the day. The dude that just won this tour made $4 million. You just made 1.5. Yeah. And go uh, ahead and just go home and hang out with your 1.5. I uh, got another three of it sitting right here for you. And I think it was Dan Patrick last week that was also talking about this. He's been talking about it a lot too. Of like, oh, but like, what about your legacy in golf? Like, because guys like Rory can come out and say, like, this is my 21st win on the PGA Tour, like, this is great. This is where it stacks up historically. This is what my legacy is. I won't have a legacy over on the Live Tour. But you also won't have $4 million. At the end of the day, I I don't care about legacy. Not that much. Not for $4 million. Not $3 million difference in a weekend. Throw my PGA legacy out the freaking window for $4 million. (laughs) Yeah. Because guess what? Hey, Didn't have one to begin with. Yeah, and guess what, Rory? You're not beating Tiger. <laughs> so, like, nobody's going to talk about Rory McElroy's legacy on the PGA Tour. Like, honestly, I know there are probably a lot of diehard golf fans out there. Nobody gives a fuck. If you're not Tiger, you're not, you know, some of the all-time greats, nobody's out here having the discussion of who's the fourth best golfer of all time. Give me your top five golfers. And even if they are, Rory McElroy ain't in it. Mm-mm. You're not that guy, pal. (laughs) And that's okay to not be that guy. At some point, you won a a golf tournament and won $1.5 million for your 21st PGA Tour win. That's cool. Mm -hmm. One thing, though, that does intrigue me about this is other leagues and other sports trying to find a way to go about this. Like if the XFL comes in with just buku loads of money and says, you know what, we're going to take a couple of your receivers. We're going to take an offensive lineman. Mm Mm-hmm. We're going to take some defensive guys here, and we're going to pay them a ton of money. And then the college kids are going to be in this position then, too. It's like, do I want to get drafted in the NFL and make this money here? Yeah. Or how do the, I want to go be the face of a league and make my money over there? That's how the original USFL worked, is that they were able to take guys like Steve Young and be like, hey, we're going to pay you more here in this league than what you're making in the NFL. And they did, and they went and they joined it. And 
Um, I was not old enough for that league, but I can remember watching, the, you know, the 30 for 30s or whatever. Mm-hmm. The, and they just couldn't sustain it. They couldn't eventually. They couldn't compete with the NFL. But I mean, that's exactly how some of them worked. But now it, it feels like every league that that pops up, they try to do the spring league thing, which I, I don't know how the USFL is doing this spring. I'll tell you, I haven't watched much of it. Mm-hmm. I've seen some commercials and heard some commercials of like, oh, everybody's talking about the USFL, and I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> Everyone? Who's everybody? <laughs> What players are doing what over there? Uh, but I do think that the Live Tour probably going to be around to stay at least for a little while. I think it's going to catch on. And I even like, hope it does. It would be cool. Uh, last week it went from like, oh, we don't have any television sponsors, anything like that. We're going to stream on YouTube to having a shitload of people streaming it on YouTube to then being picked up by the Zone. So I, I think it is going to grow, and I think a lot of people right now are just afraid to partner with it because of the backlash of the Saudi Arabia stuff. Yeah. I think eventually that's probably going to go away. Yep. You fill up on gas this week, guess where your money's going. Yeah. <laughs> so like, it's, it's hard to stay away from that cents. shit. Yeah, oh, yeah, I know. I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. Or I even saw that some one country is even going to have to like start buying gas from Russia again because they're just running out of supplies. It's like, sorry, sometimes you got to make deals with the devil. And that's Fuck. that's like one of them. So that yeah, stinks. like, am I gonna pay a little bit of golf? But at the same time, I have to get my checks from Saudi Arabia. There's gonna be a lot of people that do it. I mean, it's not like I went over there and was like, "Hey, Saudi Arabia, give me some money." I got an opportunity to get some money. I was like, "Yeah, I want to go play some golf over here." Yeah, that's a tough spot to be in. It is, but I I don't again over time. No people kind of just. Like everything else, you move on. Yeah, probably so. Uh, I'm still very excited about hockey, though. Just touched up on that a little bit. Wednesday night, I need to get some avalanche gear. Or maybe I'll just paint my face. Just get a hat. That'd be easy to do. It would be. But I continue to spend money on many football helmets, so... Did you get more? I did. How many? <clears throat> Six. Nah, six, uh, six, six more fucking helmets. <laughs> yeah, give me mine back. <laughs> Flipping turd. I'm gonna have to to make room. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I need to figure out some kind of a shelf situation. Hey, some of that money you're spending on the helmets, maybe buy a shelf, my guy. Man, I've looked into shelves. The shelves are more expensive than the damn helmets. You might have to build it. Uh, that's why I'm lumber, thinking. We know you're rich, rich. <laughs> <laughs> so, what version of rich are you? Mini helmet rich or uh, lumber rich? <laughs> yeah, uh, the, I can go to that section of Home Depot rich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. see me over here. And oh, thanks, you got one of the big orange cards yeah. oh, Okay. Thanks to the great people at Club 609 for feeding my addiction to many <laughs> football helmets. Uh, you should go check out them in their happy hour from 2 o'clock until 8 o'clock every weekday in that special 11 a.m. till 8 p.m. happy hour on Saturdays. That's two-for-one drink specials where they bring you two drinks for the price of one and $2 draft pours at Club 609. Absolutely. Next up is Downtown Lube, located right here in the heart of Joplin, Missouri, on 1st in Main Street. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that, so be sure to visit their website at downtownlube.com for the full list of services. Also, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when you're going to need that oil change and those tire service. So if you're in the Joplin area, get it done, like I said, right here at Downtown Lube. And now it's time for our Matchmaker Monday segment of the show. I'll tell you, I thought of a a new one 
just right here because our guy Jesse put in the chat uh, that he would probably say Happy Gilmore before he said Rory, which reminded me uh, I let my daughters watch Happy Gilmore this mm-hmm. weekend. So my matchmaker Monday is me and Adam Sandler movies. I did not realize how many Adam Sandler movies I watched this weekend. But my daughters, they're eight and nine. They're getting to the point to where like the kid humor is not really cutting it for them. They spend a lot of time with me also, so their humor is a little bit more adult at times. Yeah. So this weekend we watched Happy Gilmore, which they loved, and we also watched Big Daddy, which they also loved. And then I watched Adam Sandler's newest movie, Hustle, without them. So I that was one where I didn't know like what was going to happen in the movie. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hey, you're not watching this with me. Uh, but they loved the Adam Sandler movies. And I was pleasantly surprised by his newest movie. I think it was like our that? guy, Sylvester, that was even like, yeah, you got to check it out. Some of the storylines are a little predictable. It's a little bit corny, which it was. But the basketball in it was really good. And I don't know if they tried to do this or if it just came off that way. They essentially took the storyline from Rocky. And made it a basketball movie. Oh man! Oh man, as a, as in bad. Like I just <laughs> now that I hear that, that's only going to be the only thing I'm going to notice as I watch the movie because I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it, but it was good. I enjoyed it. it. You know, probably two hours long or whatever. But it did a good job of keeping my attention. Mm-hmm. It has a shitload of NBA players in it. That's cool. I though. can't even count how many NBA players are in this movie. That's awesome, though. Like, I do like the sound of that because I do want the stars involved with it, especially NBA players as well. Anthony Edwards is like the the rival. No joke. And he does a really good job. A lot of shit talk. It was was good. I know you have your hesitations about it. And the reason I have my hesitations with it is because of, like, the Adam Sandler movies as of late have just Mm – I see the previews. I'm like, this looks like a really good freaking movie. And the one that I thought was going to be really good was when he had Kevin Garnett in the movie Uncut Gems. I was pissed at the way that movie ended. Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. I was. Mad. I still haven't seen that one because I I usually wait a little while and then like kind of check out the reviews on some of the things. And I saw that a lot of people were trashing that one, so I was like, like yeah, I'm gonna watch it. It was a good movie, but it was just so loud, and it was like you were waiting like, loud. In- just yelling the whole fucking time. <laughs> and it's kind of an odd movie as well, but like it reached a point where it was like, I don't understand where the storyline's going. Like I get what's taking place here, but like what's the fucking point of all this? How does all this get solved and figured out? And then at the end you're just like, Well, what the fuck? Like that was when that movie ended, I literally said it out loud in the movie theater. I was like, What the fuck was this? Like a waste of my time. I want my money back. Of course <laughs> I didn't get it. But it was just You saw like, it in theaters? I believe so. I thought that was like a straight-to-Netflix movie. If it was, and I was watching it in my apartment and for some reason put myself in a mindset of, I'm in a freaking theater. But <laughs> it's like the other Adam Sandler movie that he has with Jennifer Aniston where they're, uh, they go on their honeymoon trip, finally whatnot, and they're on the boat, and they got to figure out and solve a mystery type of deal. Like It was good, but it was just kind of another one of those predictable movies, and it was kind of cheesy and corny. Mm-hmm. It was like, all right, like I get it, Adam. Like This is another movie. But I like a lot of his other movies, so with this one – I just I have been a little hesitant on it, so this kind of where I was just. Like, I actually think nah, you're going to really enjoy it. I don't want to hype will. it up too much because I saw the preview last month or so, and I, I did really like the preview. I was like, "Ooh, can't wait for that to come out." Mm-hmm. And I just, compared it to Rocky because both are set in Philadelphia. It's kind of the underdog story, but yeah. it's also a lot of the like training 
aspect of it going into like the NBA combine. So you're seeing him do a lot of basketball drills and things like that, uh, which were cool. And again, uh, a lot of NBA players. And I, I don't want to spoil much, but it's like every player for the 76ers is in the movie, except for Joel Embiid for some reason. That was one thing that had me questioning, like, why isn't Joel in this? But it was uh, maybe it was shot in the off season, and he was uh, not around. I don't, I don't know. Was so, Simmons in it? Uh, no, Ben Simmons either. Okay, I was gonna say <laughs> that's why uh, Joel Embiid wasn't in it. <laughs> but like Tyrese Maxey was, Thibault, Tobias Harris. That's cool. But it also has like Dirk is in it, Luca's in it, Trey Young. Pretty much everybody except for Embiid, Jokic, and Giannis. Other than that, you're getting a lot of stars. And Anthony Edwards doesn't play himself in the movie, but he does a really good good job too. He might have a future in movies. Anthony Edwards, better actor than LeBron James. Not even close. If you didn't know Anthony Edwards was was an NBA player, no. Ah, maybe. He's mentioned. I don't (laughs) know if he's in it. But that's just like so many guys are in it that I don't even remember. But if you didn't know Anthony Edwards were an NBA player, you would think, wow, that actor has a great jumper. Huh. He did a, a really you good job. You don't think LeBron's a good actor, though? I've seen him in a couple movies. I thought he did it all right. I don't know. I'm not, this is not real. like a whole, like, oh, LeBron's a great actor. Don't talk shit on him. I just. No, I think he's a terrible actor. <laughs> I haven't seen the new Space Jam either. It's though. like, you know, Shaq back in the day. Like, yeah, he did a couple movies. That didn't make him a good actor, though. <laughs> it's like you can tell that's an NBA player. Who's in a movie? Have you seen the new Space Jam? I have not. I haven't either. Huh. So that's from one. I wish but he had that one movie. Hurry up! I'll tell you that. <laughs> he had that one movie a couple of years ago with oh shoot the actress the comedian, and I thought like wow LeBron is actually a terrible actor. Uh, and then yeah. just some of the Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer, yes. Yeah, I knew I'd get there eventually. So no, I don't think Michael Jordan not a good actor either. Like, yeah. he was another guy. It's like, that's an NBA player who's in a movie. <laughs> Anthony Edwards felt like an actor. That's cool, though. And even, you know what? The main character is an actual NBA player as well. Oh, really? Like, a very low-level guy. I can't think of his name. He's. I was wondering who they picked to kind of play that role that would be decent enough to come off as an actual player. He did a really good job, too, because I had to Google last night. Like, who is it? <laughs> I went to IMDB, and I was like, oh, shit, this guy's a real basketball player. Like, I knew he looked familiar, mm-hmm. but he did a really good job acting as well. And a lot of the, like, the again, the training stuff that takes place is actually pretty good. I don't want to hype it up too much. It shouldn't win any awards or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> but the acting is pretty solid. Storyline a little bit predictable, but it is worth your time. I'm going to try and watch it tonight. Though. Especially since it's on Netflix. Like, you're already paying for it. It's not like you have to go out and spend $20 at the box office. That's it's pretty good. I was true. impressed. Uh, so, again, for me, a lot of Adam Sandler movies this weekend. But Is that your Matchmaker Monday? That's my Matchmaker Monday. Okay. My Matchmaker Monday is me and some pool parties. Well, well, well. Yep. You Have went to multiple pool parties. Not this, to put your business out there. This weekend, I know. Tell <laughs> me about it. When have I ever come across as a pool guy? 
I was just as shocked. I got asked to come bartend a uh, pool party on Saturday, and I was like, sure, I'll do it. I don't have anything else going on. One, it was the fucking hottest day of the year so far on Saturday, and it was hot. But it was for some doctors here in the area uh, and a couple other sexual su- success- what? <laughs> successful what? people. Yeah, my bad. Successful. Day. Yep. It's a little tongue twister. <laughs> you know what I mean? I talk for a living. Uh, don't be surprised. But other successful people here in the area – and so it was like, you know, you kind of go to one of these events. You're like, man, how are these people going to be? Like, are they just going to be obnoxious, just not enjoyable? It was awesome. They had a whole freaking DJ set up. The DJ brought, like, sparkler cannon type deals. So, like, when it got dark outside, they turned those on, and it went along with the music. People were dancing in the pool, doing backflips into the pool. And like, I'm like, these are all, like, leaders and, like, high-up people of this city. And I was like, mm-hmm. they're having the time of their lives. And yep. I got to join in on the fun. And we all know how I am when I joined in on the fun. We all having fun. Oh, yeah? And it was a blast. <laughs> Dancing, drinking. They were, like, just serving drinks, and they're like, come join us. I'll come join, dog. I'll be there. Let me let me make yours and mine. I'll be out there in a sec. Pour your own margarita mix. I did, my dude. <laughs> we had these little cherry freaking uh, cherry mules and cherry vodka type of drinks, cherry lemonade drinks. And it was just like they were a-flowing. Uh, cherry mules, don't those taste like limeades? Uh, kind of. So a mule has that like ginger beer mix into it. So some people like it. Some people don't. Sometimes it's a, a little sweet. Sometimes it's a little strong. It just depends on who's making it really. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of what all the extra mix they use or, uh, fruit and stuff like that. But then on Sunday I'm hanging out recovering from Saturday and I was like, Hey, hanging out at the pool. Why don't you just come here? I was like, ah, I don't know. Like I don't know if I want two days in a row of a pool. Like whatever. I'll come over. <laughs> Had a great time. Drinks were flowing. Then it like they have this little waterfall, a giant rock for a diving board, and it was just a freaking blast. Fantastic weekend for me with the pool parties. I am officially a pool guy. <laughs> just rub it in, like oh yeah, I went swimming. There was a moment where I was swimming, and I was like, you know, this is difficult to just sit here and tread water, and like because I was how deep one, was it? I think it reached ten foot at one point. But like I didn't, I don't spend a That's lot a of no time for in me, dog, because it's tiring. Like, I'll sit there where I can stand, where, like, my shoulders are above the water. Same. Like, that's where I hang out. And if I want to, like, go swim or, like, mm-hmm. swim across and I'm fine or jump in, then I'll jump into the deep end and then kind of get myself over to a part where, like, I'm not sitting there trying to stay above the water. Yeah. Because it does get tiring. And I was sitting there trying to figure out, like, how do I move my arms while I am treading water so I can try to explain this to Melo? So if he does reach a point where he wants to try it again, he kind of has more of a mindset of, like, don't just sit here and try and fly under the water. My thing was I was making I was making S's because the last time I was trying to tell you is like just kind of flap your arms like you're trying to like fly into the water like a bird. I would just be like making an S motion with my arms. Like yeah, I didn't like, listen to that advice at all. Yeah, and that's fine. Well, S- uh, what do you mean S's? S's? So like I would just like swing my arm like I'm making a giant like I'm riding a giant like figure S in the water. Eight. Kind of yeah. I mean you can do that as well, but your shoulders gonna get real tired. But yeah. you just do that like kind of slow and big, and it just kind of keeps yourself afloat while like just kind of just taking big flutters with your feet and i was talking floating yeah i'm a pool guy man you need other tips <laughs> big country uh how's the tan going uh dude i didn't get burnt which was kind of nice but <laughs> a little darker yeah <laughs> yeah i am yeah nice yeah nice. i got a little burn i was gonna say you're a little dark over there uh-huh i tan well you rub that in <laughs> yeah you can swim and i'm I over cannot, here like i'm but... gonna challenge the sun it's like fuck <gasps> idiot I, I don't remember the last time I put on sunscreen. Maybe uh, last year I went to Gulf Shores, Alabama, 
And I, I did put said, on sunscreen. Though. Me too. I almost <laughs> used an entire bottle of spray on sunscreen this weekend to keep myself protected from the sun. Finally, you've wisened up though. Like for me, I usually don't burn, so I I usually get a nice healthy coat early in the spring, and then I'm fine. Yeah, I'm noticing I'm getting like a little slow dark. I'm not just like. <laughs> Boom, challenge the sun, get beat mm-hmm. red like a lobster for a couple of days, let it peel, and then it's like, now here's just like your golden tan. No, 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 I'm going to go in at slow. What was it you said, uh, the summer of growth? Summer, summer yeah. <laughs> That's true to that. I've thought about buying one of those little tiny pools to put in my backyard. Do do it. But, You're not going to be able to learn how to swim in that. But. No, here's the problem. It'll <laughs> kill my grass. Grass is more important than swimming. Oh, yeah, because it will just... Yep, it just, it'll take like two days to kill that whole spot. It, yeah, it definitely would. It just suffocates it. Well, just put the give like the seed spray and then just have it grow back by the end of the summer. That's true. Maybe that could be like a goal of mine. Like, let's yeah. see if I can kill it and then bring it back to life, mm. like Jesus and Lazarus. Exactly. How good <laughs> of a grower am I? <laughs> yeah. Are oh, you grass. a grower or a shower? Ayo. <laughs> Which one are you? All right. That's it for us today. Uh, we appreciate you guys making us part of your Monday and putting up with us. Uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow again right here at 10 a.m. Central Time in the call-in app. That's it for us today. We'll talk to you guys then.